The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. It's a good show. Hi, I'm Tig Notaro from Premium Blend nine years ago, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here at Clatter and Din Studios on April 4th, 2018, with the fabulous Tracy Bonham. Hello. <laughs> and she <laughs> is providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations here and inviting guests from her life and career <laughs> to join us and ask their questions for the pop oracle and now we are joined by a friend of hers who is uh, a writer of some note his name is fred schroeder for, for billboard sometimes about music a lot about movies uh i, I count myself a fan and a friend of ms bonham oh thank <laughs> you fred and i you thank so, you yeah so how do you how do you know each other Oh, we met Joe, Mr. Oh, Jason hold on. Fine. Actually, hold on. Let's, editor, let's, let's, hold on. Let's back up for a second. Fred, you're, cra- you're uh, cracking was, up. You started cracking up. I don't know what you changed. Yeah, and you guys, I'm hearing it. Um, you know what? Let's try. Hmm. Oh, I hate to reboot yeah, no, us. You yeah. want you to call landline? me on the mobile? I almost think it's better than this <laughs> landline. Oh, weird. No, no. It's actually now it's good. Whatever you're doing now, maybe it's just not moving the cord. That sometimes. Well, I'm not. Well, I say landline. It's a uh, cordless, uh, cordless. But I'll tell you what. I was roaming around the kitchen. Maybe I'll just stand still like a normal person. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying anything. Okay, let's. So let's try that again. I'll start from the top. Okay. Fire away. And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here in the studio at Clatter and Din in Seattle with Tracy Bonham. Hello. And she is providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations and inviting guests from her storied life and career to be guests on the show. And one of them now is joining us. He is a writer and a friend of Tracy Bonham's, 
Fred Schreuer. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Fred. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to join Tracy. I happen to be a Tracy fan in addition to the friendship, so um, <laughs> this is a complete pleasure for me. Thanks, Fred. And uh, how, do you, how do you know each other? I met Tracy years ago. Her husband, Jason Fine, is my longtime editor at Rolling Stone and a good friend. And uh, we've got other mutual friends in the music business, of course. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, they have to put up with me uh, flopping on the couch once or twice right. along the way. <laughs> That's some yeah. good times, though. Yeah, absolutely yeah. so. So, yeah, um, so here I am. I'm just... Uh, so pleased that uh, Tracy's album is having the impact it is. Oh, thanks, Fred. You're always just really fun to talk to. <laughs> You're nice to say. <laughs> Let's hope tonight's no exception. I know. You better keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I'm kind of excited. So you wrote the book on uh, on Billy Joel. I did. He's not your everyday alt-rock that we might be discussing in other contexts, but you know, it was really a fun project. Um, it involved a lot of running around the world, you know, taking notes in between gigs, and it's sort of like a, a rock and roll story for Rolling Stone that refused to end for four or five years. Um, finally, we, we got the product out, and every so often I go to the publisher portal to see just how pathetic the dwindling sales are <laughs> i mean it's doing great <laughs> yeah but that was a fun project yeah i bet i'm a big billy joel fan i think he's fantastic great i even to hear. i even went to see him at madison square garden when i was i was in new york one week and i just saw i was walking by a billboard says tonight only billy joel and they were lying it wasn't tonight yeah. only he plays there all the time <laughs> But I bought a ticket from some scalpers, and I just loved it. That's great. Itzhak Perlman joined him on stage. I know the guy has yes. a crazy guest. You know, were you at that the show? The second best fiddler player we're talking about tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, um, and, you know, of course, Billy was schooled in classical music, which I think is not oh, totally yeah. unlike Tracy. And uh, yet it can present. Uh, it's really worth going to those garden shows. There's been... 50 in a row now Jeez. and uh, when I first met him I won't matter on about this whole night but when I first met him the career was sort of in that little moment of waiting to spool up again and boy did it so um, I'd recommend the show to everybody uh, that said the Springsteen show is no slouch I mm. saw that last time in New York about a month ago I gotta see so. that yeah it's I hear definitely that's definitely worth it uh, of course that's, that'd be amazing mm. You know, I, I have to say, there's a, a I, you may you probably aren't aware of this, but in my little world, and maybe you're are you you'd be friends with him on online, Tracy. Hmm. Do you know, do you know a songwriter named Mike Rickberg? No, he's no. A, a guy from Minneapolis, and he's a he's a songwriter in LA. Writes with lots of different people, and he has this epic thread. He just started a thread on Facebook several years ago. It said, "I wish Billy Joel spent as much time defending me." as I spend defending him. <laughs> and now that thread is at like 20,000, and it, it'll flare up every once in a while. There'll just be people just start writing about Billy Joel. <laughs> like That's something about great. Billy Joel will come up. And it's the most epic thread I know on Facebook. Like wow. it's been going for years and years. And there's just something about that. I, I feel like every Billy Joel fan 
that's how we relate to Billy Joel. Right. He's like so one of those artists defend. that you have to spend, if you like him, you have to spend your life defending. Mm-hmm. Even if you're with someone else who is a Billy Joel fan, then you're like, why don't people get how great he is? <laughs> but they do. Well, but they do. Right, that's do. weird. Yeah, there are some 110 million albums out there in uh, people's uh, rack. Right. But uh, it, it's really true. And uh, something nice about him is he'll take the brick baths. He knows the criticism. <laughs> and he's, he's mindful of it. How could you not be? Does he have a but sense of humor? He also really good sense of good. humor. In fact, he, he started out doing Joe Cocker impersonations oh. way back when. But he is spot on. He's pretty flawless. Uh, impersonator you know so uh sometimes you'll see that uh in in the shows if he's gonna do bruce he can really do bruce if he's gonna do the righteous brothers somebody told me a story about don henley's wedding uh they had billy sing ebb tide kind of righteous brother style and don henley actually said that there was not a dry eye in the house so you take kind of corny old beautiful loungy ballad like that and just knock everybody out with it. He's just a very skilled musician, as, as we know. Mm-hmm. Now, we're uh, going to get to your question in a second, but this is one question, and, you know, I probably should just read the book. Like, <laughs> maybe you get, you must address it. But for a guy who pretty much owned, like, he owned pop radio for a big chunk of time and was writing, it was just, this was a great, you know, great one of the america's great songwriters i think and then sure. he just stops putting out original material and i just I, everyone has a right to to stop you know to do whatever they want but i can't imagine that some what you stop writing like i've tr- as a songwriter I, and i'm not a songwriter of billy joel's you know stand stature and by any stretch of the imagination but even me i tr- i've tried to stop writing songs and then something bad will happen to me and I'll be alone in a room, and there'll be a guitar. Writing is therapy. Like I, I, you don't stop writing. So did he stop writing, or he he truly did? Though he'll always make this distinction. He still is a classical music composer. In fact, when you're Billy Joel, some years ago, he released his one fully classical music album, and it immediately went to the top of that chart. But. Um, it's, it was uh, the movement he basically inhabits in that sphere is romanticism. And he can talk to you all day about the history of music. But um, I think he really just felt like that wasn't, I guess by contrast to what you're saying, Andrew, it, that wasn't his consolation anymore. Now, maybe in that realm of pure musical imagination, it still is. I mean, we know that Beethoven is pretty miserable for some of the latter works. So um, I, I think he finds his musical, I don't know, his his home, his safe place in that classical music he so loves. Um, but he gets to go out. I will say this. He still can't do all the songs everybody wants to hear in a 22-song set. Oh, yeah. When you think about there's almost no waste, all killer, no filler, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that is a pretty good legacy. But if you're interested in that time in his life and his career, really look at that last album with River of Dreams on it yeah. and Famous Last Words. You know, he knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets a pretty good explanation for it. So uh, 
Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, send you a book for your graciousness is including me tonight. Oh, uh, I'd love that. I'd yeah, love that. Just send me an address. Will do. Will do. Yeah. Um, well, Fred, uh, now we get to the oracular portion of this show. What is your question for the Pop Oracle? I hope I don't stump the Oracle. I know the <laughs> algorithms are intensely smarter than me. And I hope I'm not going too dark. So the thought came, which is a more powerful impulse in the course of world history, forgiveness or revenge? Ooh, that's a great question. Which is more powerful in the course of hum- in the in the what of human history? In the course of world history. In the course of which world history. Which is a more powerful impulse or factor, you could say. Forgiveness or revenge? Forgiveness. Now, in the current situation, or, I don't know. But. Well, let's see. We have we have three songs left on the board, and so now to engage the pop oracle on your behalf, I'm going to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card, pick a card, any card. Pick a card. Song number four, which is. One of these days. Wow. Let's see. Okay. One of these days. What the heck does that mean? Okay, hang on. I'm going to the piano. (laughs) Tracy Bonham is approaching the piano. chilly cold December it's the kind we'll all remember I hold you close and rock you tight into the afternoon water boils into a whistle the kettle calls and I abide I feel a chill Socks as the daylight's shadows slide. One of these days, one of these days, too soon. One of these days, you're gonna walk right out on me. Casting stars like chlorine eyes Brighter than this static cold Glassy afternoon But every day's a little closer To the time when I'll wipe a tear Not from your eyes, but from mine Cuddle up my
that was one of these days from Tracy Bonham. The answer to Fred Schreuer's question, which is more powerful in human history, forgiveness or revenge? That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, well, I have some ideas, but, uh, but Tracy, tell us mm. a little bit about the background of that song. Okay. I wrote this song on my piano in Woodstock um, as I had just become a mother. And I had um, these beautiful experiences of holding my child close to me and rocking him to sleep and, um, you know, just kind of immersing myself in motherhood and having this impending, this feeling of there's going to be a day that he will walk out the door. So it was kind of like a um, time traveling, like I was here now, but I was anticipating, you know, 17 years from now. Yeah. So what did you think, Fred, as far as... Well, let me just start. I always love hearing Tracy sing, (laughs) sing anything like (laughs) Hallelujah, if she chooses, but her own songs that are so intelligent and so poignant in a case like this and uh, that voice that crystalline voice that mm-hmm. is just enough grain to let you know how real it is so that that was just lovely for starters thank you but um you know uh there is forgiveness and and revenge motifs yeah i've been immersing myself a little bit for the past couple of days in the modern burdens album i'm sorry to sound so promotional hey now yeah but, i don't um, mind yeah uh the, the original record, the, the, the burdens of uh, being upright that gave rise to it, came in part out of a, a bad relationship with a misogynistic dude. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that all these women coalesced to make this record somewhat in advance of Me Too, to me, there's mm. uh, the forgiveness of that individual who's the topic of some of those songs mm-hmm. is important, but... Uh, there's a certain degree of revenge to have a lot of powerfully skilled women doing an album like that mm. and recapturing what she had and extending and amplifying that. Oh. So um, I think that was uh, the uh, the Oracle of the Beast was smart to make that song pop up. Wow. Uh, so thank because, you for playing oh, that. Thank you. And so you mean forgiveness as in, you know, letting go? Yes, letting go, because yeah, I do think that's how we don't take on talking about burdens. Mm. That's how we don't walk the whole rest of our life with that cinder block mm-hmm. on our shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Of that person who yeah. wronged us. Yeah. And we all have that, I mm-hmm. think, sooner or later, somewhere along the line. <laughs> Why haul that around with you? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people say, I can forgive but i can't forget but that's okay i don't think we're meant to forget Mm -hmm. um but i'm not totally against revenge either (laughs) like things like impeachment well i don't want to go there but that's not revenge uh, um, i don't know that's accountability there's a difference between accountability and revenge yeah Yeah, you're right i'm (laughs) I'm just taking it all very personally no Um, no well yeah i'll give you my interpretation I thought it was interesting because you, the question is referring to the past. 
mm-hmm. but the song yeah. is looking to the future. And mm-hmm. so I feel like it makes me think that the answer is kind of a contradiction or a paradox in that what has what has been motivating and or has been a powerful force in human history is looking forward to a day when forgiveness is you know trump's revenge <laughs> uh I hate that that guy ruined that word uh <laughs> so that is the human experience is this sense of across the river mm-hmm. jordan you know, there will be someday there will be a time when justice will prevail there'll be a time when equal when there will be equality mm-hmm. and we started this show talking about martin luther king mm-hmm. and as i have a dream that there will be a day mm-hmm. when these things will occur mm-hmm. and it just seems like we keep pushing the goalposts right i mean that's that's why can't that day be today? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the urgency of a Martin Luther King is saying, that it, today is the day. Mm-hmm. It can be. That today is the yeah. day when we can. That there can, is no other day. Right. Right. But it is a, yeah. a facet of human nature is that we want revenge today and mm-hmm. forgiveness tomorrow. Well, then it's easier. <laughs> revenge is easier, I suppose, huh? Yeah. Or I, I just feel like, well, I mean, you can go back and forth mm-hmm. on that. Like mm-hmm. there's. Do we the idea? You know, like people will say that it is human nature to be warlike, but then the amount of training and brainwashing it takes to convince people to kill mm. sort of belies that. Like mm. it isn't natural. We have to work very hard to turn people into warriors, into wow. killers. So there, it's like revenge is profitable. If you own the prisons or the guillotines or the electric chairs, like all those are money makers. Mm. If you're a politician and you gain strength from people being divided and fighting amongst each other and blaming each other instead of pointing at you. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work that goes into making people focus on to be hateful and focus on revenge instead of forgiveness. Uh, even Well, you like, know, oh, I'd love yeah. to hear Tracy's thoughts on this vis-a-vis what we're discussing with these two albums that I linked across the years, but I'll just tell quickly Mm -hmm. the day Martin Luther King was shot. I was at my small college in uh, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, Dickinson. And um, I was in a class that literally had a textbook called basic modern philosophy of religion, but our teacher was kind of an inspirational guy. And uh, some young community outreach workers from the local anti-poverty organization, who I later joined Vista and was in one, in the South, but uh, came in and said, the people down at the community center are really heartbroken about the killing of Dr. King, and they feel like nobody cares. I'm trying not to make this story too self-aggrandizing. So would anybody come down? And uh, myself and a guy named Chris Wolford, who was going to be a preacher later, that's far from me, and and the professor, we wandered down there and we went into this room and was full of angry young black men, essentially, and the leaders of the community, you know, the outreach workers and stuff. And after some minutes of listening to everybody vent, and some folks were slamming baseball bats against the side of the wall, it kind of became, I hate to be so corny, became all love, like, Mm -hmm. thank you for coming. Not that it was about us, for Christ's sake, Mm -hmm. it wasn't about us. But um, I just saw... It's like we were forgiven for being part of a system in a way, mm-hmm. and instantly so. 
So I felt like I saw that uh, operate very powerfully. I, if it weren't Martin Luther King's the anniversary of that, I doubt I would have told that long-winded right. anecdote. No, it's okay, because no, no. we were talking about it earlier in yeah. the show. Yeah, absolutely. And he probably would have found it in his heart to forgive as well, because he was that kind of guy. Yeah. I know that sounds oh, really totally weird. Totally right. Well, and That's at the same the time, yeah. like I said, there's a, you can be forgiving and you can also ha- hold accountability. Right. Like you can be forgiving of people and intolerant of actions. Mm. Is there any one particular project you'd like to let people know about before we let you go? Well, now that we talked about Billy, you could go ahead, just link to the Penguin Random House site, you know, just, or even the Amazon site, just Google up the book because there you'll find reviews and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I do have a, a podcast called The Buried Lead, L-E-D-E. Like all journalists, we misspell it on purpose. <laughs> and uh, we talk about journalism and issues somewhat like we're discussing tonight. So uh, I'd love to see that promote a little bit. Like we'll crawling little podcast, trying to get cool. across the beach. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so I know it's time for me to jump off, I guess. But uh, Tracy, it's great to hear you. So nice to hear you. And to chat with you and Andres to know you now. So I really appreciate getting to visit. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show. It's a good show. Southwest is now selling flight.